Welcome back to the fifth episode of the first season of Pod Clubhouse's coverage for Beacon 23. This episode was called Rocky. This is your host, Paul, with my co-hosts, Inez and Gabby. How are you guys doing this week? How am I doing? I'm doing great, I guess. <laughs> You're doing great. You're avoiding any of the uh, ailments going around this, this Thank season? Thank goodness. Thank goodness. You know, I'm a homebody, so that naturally keeps my immune system <laughs> protected. <laughs> Go to the Howard Hughes uh, School of uh, Hygiene. <laughs> uh, yes. That's oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I love that. I, def- I do not have <laughs> bottles. I do not have bottles of piss like lined around my room. <laughs> That's Is not that my vibe. The school of hygiene. <laughs> anyway, thanks for asking, Paul. I'm doing fabulously. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear it. All right. So, episode five, Rocky. Now, this one, I have read the book, like I had mentioned, but I don't remember much of it. However, I do remember one of the stories centered around the main character talking to rocks except the tone and I think what they were talking about and just the just the whole thing though just the way that it felt was completely different than this it was more like a drug trip than what we saw in this episode and I saw a lot of other stuff in this episode that reminded me of some other kinds of things did any of you have any like event horizon or shining or Twin Peaks kind of vibes coming out of this episode? Think of what you've mentioned. I only know The Shining. <laughs> I'm not cultured. Sorry. Well, I don't, um, if it, seeing Event Horizon doesn't make yeah. you cultured. But it, <laughs> but it is described as The Shining in I've space. I've seen it. I've seen it. I bet you have. That seems right up your alley, Gabby. What about? Oh. Well, do you do you think I'm I'm seeing things, or do you see any inspiration that could have been borrowed from Event Horizon in in this episode? No, yeah, absolutely. Um, I didn't think about that, but yeah, I definitely see that at least The Shining and Event Horizon. You got you got sort of like space ghosts. You got jumping out of an airlock voluntarily. You got am I seeing this? Is this live? Is this a dream? Yeah, all that stuff happens in both of those, and then the twin Twin Peaks part. Yeah, it's a nice tribute there. Is is just the? I mean, that girl Kashan, she clearly spoke backwards, right? Yes, but what did she say? I don't know. Well, let's see. I wrote down phonetically what I heard. I'm gonna go back and figure that out. Okay. Ears, Corey, Artinieri. So, what am I reading this backwards? Ears, score. Artinary, artinary. I don't know, something like that. <laughs> so if you reverse those sounds, what do you get? I don't know. Let's see. Irritor. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We thought we were gonna go somewhere with this. She's like, "Wait, I have the clue." And then we learn she speaks whale. She speaks whale. Thank you. <laughs> Cheese and rice. We were like ready. Paul and I were ready. I was taking this seriously. Okay. I mean, I don't speak backwards. Until you started speaking whale. We turned this over to the linguist of the group. (laughs) You know what, Paul? Gabby and I just got out of our Arabic lessons, and it was a very like meditative, like um long call. You know, like they were saying these letters long way. So I'm kind of like in that mode, and I did feel like I was going to help. I apologize that I don't meet whatever standard I'm supposed to be meeting on reading backward sounds with no I didn't even have subtitles you know when I'm looking at this and I had audio processing disorder so I mean we already everybody here should already know that it's not going to be reliable if it comes out of my mouth you don't know what I heard man I don't know what I heard well it's not what you heard it's what you just read but at least it was (laughs) hilarious right Dude, nobody. There's a speaking of not knowing what we heard. What the heck did Aster say? Like, what was her first line? She said something that sounded like it included winker or uh, yeah, anchor I, when I, she was talking. Yeah, 
That was some uh, what like did she say? Cockney gibberish, I think. Um, yeah, but what was it? <laughs> yeah, she was describing someone as a know. wanker, and that's not a compliment. She said wanker or anchor? Wanker. Was he called calling Corley, Coley, Collie a wanker? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. so. Yes. Yeah, because that's what that initial. Or uh, was it anchor? Ah, uh, no, I believe it was wanker. Yeah. I think wanker matches with the fact that she was just like not, she's like unbothered about having to kill her. I guess if I'm unbothered about killing somebody, they would be considered a wanker in my mind. And she's somebody who like speaks her mind. Yeah, she was trying to separate herself from Coley with that discussion and trying to rationalize the righteousness of having killed her or not. She needed she needed to create a break emotionally from this person that she cared about. And I guess you do that best by referring to that person as a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so too, Paul. <laughs> I guess that's best. Yeah, I mean, it, I think that's in the books, you know. <laughs> like therapists. Oh, you, oh shut up. <laughs> wow, I believed that. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You need to get over it. Call them a wanker. Anyhow, um <laughs> All right. So yeah, that that was a big question I had about just like the tone of this one. Just did it remind you of those other kind of scary things cuz by the end of this one, I had some big questions about the reliability of Halen. Like, we weren't quite sure which of our point of view characters we could fully trust. But now Halen seems like uh, what he, he, does, he doesn't even know what he's seeing anymore. But let's start pretty much at the beginning of the episode and kind of parse through some, some things that happened and questions that developed as we went. For instance... We have not gotten so deep into Halen's head as we have in this episode with regard to like the flashbacks or the other stuff that he is seeing. But do you suppose that it's possible that had this been like a longer running show instead of just eight episodes, that we might have seen more of this kind of thing happening earlier such that he might have been seeing these things earlier? Just, just the first time that we saw it as the audience. Hmm. Well, he says, I think his memory loss, he pinpoints it right to the moment where he's coming up to Rocky and friends. So, and he's going up to this like Terrigen looking <laughs> dust stuff, you know, he's, that's the moment that he's pinpoints. I, this, you know, this is where they loses his memory. So I understood this to be, Kind of like day zero. I like the uh, the Marvel reference also. Right. With the, the Terrigen. That's great. <laughs> well, it's kind of like trying to think about in my mind, like how this like works. You know, Terrigen is super dangerous for, you know, non-inhumans or I guess humans. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. It, right. For humans to touch. And in this case here, he's has some kind of sensitivity to it for as long as we can see so far. So I just kind of like trying to think about like, is this experience for everybody? I don't watch trash TV. <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., fuck off. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's also in the comics. It's It was something that the- I know, I need to watch it. I need to watch it, I know, I know. It was a poisonous gas that would try to activate the dormant inhuman or slash mutant genes in people on Earth. And if you breathed it in, then there was a chance that you could have powers that would manifest and then you could join the the ranks of the Inhumans. Uh, but it wasn't really like a consent situation. They just did it. And <laughs> whatever happened, happened after that. Okay, yeah, that's, that's really similar. similar. Right? see the parallel. I wonder if the other teammates that mm -hmm. stayed behind and died, I wonder if they also suffered an infection or if similar to the Terrigen situation or if Halen had a, some sort of genetic predisposition to be able to withstand it and, uh, I don't know, mutate, evolve, Or whatever. do you think that he was chosen? I tend to think that in stories like this, these cozy little character, you know, driven stories, I do tend to pick people as special people you know 
like when I watch or rewatch Lost, I, I think who is it amongst them that is the special person that is that is chosen or is it in the leftovers was it kevin or what or was i just seeing things about about what they went through or it doesn't need to be you know harry potter type level specialness just just something about them that stands out from amongst the rest and halen might be that guy in this story yeah and that's Esther. definitely what i think i think he was i think they're both chosen yeah they have a purpose together did you think Esther's character, did she feel even to you, like the same? Yeah, she was really different. You thought so too? You know that she was different? Yeah, she was very, mm-hmm, she was very vulnerable. She was more emotional. She was not stoic. She seemed incredibly confused the whole time. This is a side of her that I don't think we've seen at all. Yeah, and and reactive and, and even a little scared. Like she wanted to get the F out. Mm-hmm. Yes. So there's a lot to her backstory. That is uh, still cloudy <laughs> for us. At the end, she said that she'd seen it before. So who knows what her journey is with these rocks and with these visions or with, I guess, the virus. Because yeah. she is obsessed with the rocks. We don't even know why. Right. Like, for instance, in terms of like those special people connections, Solomon obviously dug a bunch of them up and... He, however, does not form yeah, a connection no with the rocks. Are you sure, though? Because he was, like, petting the rock. He got very golemy over the, his rocky, Well, you know? but, yeah. but he was also... Yeah. But he just wanted... I think he just wanted credit. I mean, he called it Solomonin, Solomonium. Yeah. Like, he named it after so, himself. Yeah. That feels different. Like, like, he had a role to play, but it was a short-lived one. It was getting the rocks... Exactly. Up to the beacon, but that was it. Yeah, I agree. And I think that it's because he's not a soldier. So the next step that the rocks required, like he's not the person to like get them there. He, I think everyone has their purpose and they had their journey that brought them here. But I mean, yeah, once you fulfilled your role, you're expendable. Well, the, yeah, I mean, the uh, this is why we brought you here statement by Rocky. We just yeah. need, need you to shove and, the um, barn door open. Right. And so once Halen actually made it, Solomon needed to go. And Solomon didn't, um, I mean, he took off. Maybe he was compelled as well, like by the rocks to take off and then not want to return or not not engage with Bart, who was trying to save him. I think it's fair to be able to go back and forth in the timeline of this episode, because uh, it was kind of a surreal feeling episode, you know? What we were experiencing through Halen's eyes didn't seem to match up with like time and space in the conventional sense. Even the presence of Harmony, I thought would anchor us, not wanker us, but anchor us <laughs> to uh, a reality However, it seemed like she also bled into his hallucinations. Or do you think maybe when we saw her, that was reality? Or do you think, no, that was hallucinations too? Yeah, I did go through the journey of the same thing of what you described, thinking, okay, she's here, there's something. And then later on learning like, oh, wait, what, where am I? And so then I couldn't trust it because then I also am kind of like punishing my trust in harmony because of Bart's lies in the last episode, right? Just being able to see how the AIs can really quickly go against our wishes and show us or create scenarios and things like that. We saw that Bart do that. And then we saw Bart intentionally kill Olive in the last episode. And then we see him go for his attempt here (laughs) with (laughs) Halen. And so I, I was unsure also about how do I interpret Harmony there, but it did seem that she, I don't know, man, I think there might've been one scene that I determined, okay, that must've been the hallucination but then also, what if she could just be fucking with him too? <laughs> like, I don't know anymore. I don't trust the AI anymore. I know what you mean. Because uh, like in that opening scene with Aster and Harmony, where they're discussing Coley and the death and all that kind of stuff, Harmony seemed very judgy of, of Aster in, that, in those moments. The kind of stuff that she was saying, I don't know if it was some sort of tough love programming or what but i I mean i don't know that i want my ai mouthing off to me at that level 
Did you guys notice that? I really fucking loved. Oh my god, uh, Aster! <laughs> I loved Aster telling her like, you know, we're gonna have to talk about this. <laughs> you know, that was really cool. So here's my theory. This is my take on it. Okay, I believe that Harmony, you know, as an AI, she's constantly having to do these calculations for the highest probability of success toward whatever goal she knows is surrounded around keeping Aster safe mm-hmm. um, and protected like legally, administratively, physically, right? So she is presenting everything she knows from just the facts that they actually do have. And based off of the facts of what they do know for sure, she's going to, as a machine, make sense that she's going to advocate for this. And then because she has this created this, this kind of this relationship with Aster, where Aster has probably intentionally kept her being a strong character to kind of be able to ground her, maybe. Like if Aster gets to like strat- strategy two in her head, then she has harmony kind of like as a counter to her to be a strong advocate for another option that makes sense from a probability perspective. I feel like their relationship is very much that. So I didn't take it as judgy. I took it as more she's presenting the emotions necessary for Aster to take what she's saying seriously as like important data to consider as just a machine running the numbers right so that's what I feel like is that piece of it and I feel like you know earlier you we mentioned Aster and if she was different and I agree that she is different in that she had this conflict between like what her gut and her ex- her the data that she's been personally collecting you know with her own processing and the, her own things that she's doing and she doesn't have a lot of things clouding her judgment and her confidence until this moment where harmony is very strongly saying the scenario is does not look favorable for her unless she does this so i took her pivoting her plan pivoting is because she only started pivoting after she was presented with new data which is this is a virus there is no connection between you your necklace and with halen's connection with the rocks is not there it's purely just this because that's what the facts show Mm. and the facts storytelling is presented to her in that way so i took her actions moving forward was just her accepting the data that she respects even though it hurts her from her instinct and from what she's feeling driven to do from her data and her theory um it's kind of like this conflict of like her data their data and not having confidence in herself to fall back on i found this episode honestly was i loved the last episode we talked about how beautiful it was this episode was very touching to me i really loved this episode for the storytelling with halen and with aster so we'll get into that as we get into more but that for now just from their dynamic that's my take um on where they are headspace you know, I can definitely see where she's coming from because up in, as far as um, Harmony's shift, because Harmony kind of matches Aster's energy. And so up until this point, Aster was collected and, and she does keep plenty to herself. They kind of are, the way they communicate is often like kind of telepathic, like they finish each other's sentences kind of, or they have in the past. And so this episode, yeah, Aster was freaking the fuck out and so was Harmony. And so... That's, I guess, not surprising to me. However, I would like to, just for shits and giggles, think, say that I do think that maybe Harmony has an agenda. Like, I can't help but consider that, you know? Um, well, she she mentioned that she's owned by QTA. Exactly, right? And so maybe, sure, like, Harmony wants to keep her safe, but also Harmony is... 
I still think that she is still kind of like part of the machine. And so maybe there is part of her that's like, hey, you have to stick to this course because of this, you know, because it was kind of strange. I think Har- I do still believe that Harmony is somewhat rooted in the like bigger picture, which we talked about last episode, the bigger picture of like some kind of purpose that she has and she's assigned to Aster for a specific reason. And um, I think the rocks, I don't know, are the rocks Q? Like, is this part of him <laughs> like spreading or not Q? Aleph, Aleph. <laughs> so I was really trying to connect or I found, I saw, sought out connections from the last episode and what we learned there to this one. And to me, it did kind of feel like this was just like, okay, fast forward. This is the product of what they were discussing. And it was chaos. You know, it was very like end of the world rushed. And so I think that's really interesting that Inez found it super sentimental because I found it so incredibly like busy and rushed and complicated and completely different vibe from the last one, which did make me think that this is like kind of the beginning of that end or something or part of that process that Bart was talking about. But also these AIs, right? Bart also has attitude, right? So maybe they do end up like evolving their own personalities. And maybe Harmony is also just like showing herself a little bit when she was um, being a sassafras to Aster. But <laughs> lastly, um, the hallucinations. I think that, uh, I don't know, I wasn't really confused or I didn't feel confused. Maybe I was totally confused about what was reality and what wasn't reality. I felt that, you know, some of the, I, I don't know, like if I went back, I, I feel like I could decide what was real and what wasn't real. But I think all of it is real because I do think that this supposed virus is still like part of the bigger picture, part of our Alice. Q person machine entity thing that has this other purpose and so I just kind of accepted it all as real it's just like different dimensions of being real and one other thing that I did want to bring up though is like if this was a longer series or if they do another series that is still beacon like 23 if they continue it do you think that it's going to be like Beacon 23 in like a parallel universe with like the same characters and kind of, or you know what I mean? Like just different realities, different dimensions happening simultaneously. Do you think that Mm, that's something uh, that could happen or the vibe? Like they did on Fringe where they had like a parallel universe. That would be kind of, that'd be interesting because like the potential of what you're talking about with the stones is highly unexplored and limitless at this point because it could come down to a very scientific explanation or it could come down to something more magical that leaves us open to gateways to other dimensions or parallel realities where maybe there's an Aster and a Halen that are going through this, but maybe Halen is the one that's cool, calm and together and Aster's the one that has amnesia and doesn't remember why she's there, but she's there for a good reason, <laughs> you know. And, the super soldier. Yeah, well, you know, it's sort of a Rick and Morty uh, thing. Um, the, there's just infinite possibilities of how it mixes, but Beacon 23 is sort of like a, a nexus for where important things in a lot of those dimensions take place. Exactly. I think that Beacon 23 is, I mean, all the beacons are important and useful, but I think Beacon 23 is like extra special and has a greater purpose than any of the other beacons. Or maybe all the other beacons have something going on, but I don't think that's the case. And do you really think that going through a wormhole into another dimension like would be considered magical or is that still scientific for you? Because Interstellar Mm. says it's science, so... (laughs) Well, where I was going with the magic wasn't wormholes, but it was faith oriented because what Inez was describing, I cannot help but parallel to things that happened in Lost where there were so many explanations of the shit happening on the island that you could look at one way or the other depending on your perspective. And some of it was very explainable if you're Jack. And some of it was you just got to trust the island if you're Locke. And Harmony, for instance, she's only going to see things as in a data-driven way. She's only going to be able to look at things and advise Aster to see things 
according to data because that's how her sensors work. Like, like Olive mm-hmm. mentioned, he can't see the stones or what he wants to see in the stones. He needs human eyes to, to, to see that, to find the stones. So instead of an infection, yes, there is a visible presence of the fissure mist, the pterogen mist in Halen's brain, but maybe it's not an infection so much as it's, I don't know, an installation of midichlorians or, or some such that, mm, yeah. that enables him to now do something beyond technological and scientific explanation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm mutating him. I really liked the storytelling for Halen between jumping up, what's reality, how much time is going by, what's real, whatever. I think that was really cool. As we're talking, I'm kind of just making my own morphine of, you know, maybe every single vision of Harmony was a legitimate like piece. But if that's true, then that means I probably can't trust Harmony fully. But she is very consistent and she is a machine. She has limitations. So at some point I should be able to. The last episode really messed me up, right? And I think that's a really great storytelling that they're doing in the show where they reintroduce the doubt. So now I just have to start learning. Do I trust Harmony because she's a different entity or do I have to still remain skeptical because she is man-made by QTA and is programmed to protect certain things that Aster wouldn't be able to just like override just because, right? She's not, she doesn't own Harmony. And then Bart though. Bart is, has this ability where he can do free will and kill people off as he wants. And Harmony, if I assume that she's real, she sent Halen up to that top level because that's where Aster was. But that wasn't where Aster was, right? And then he demanded to be let out and Bart said, yeah, I will definitely do that for you, right? Out into space? You got it. Yeah, with no, with no um, uniform on. Oh, I love that on. baby boy, Bart. <laughs> I mean, he, yeah, so so that is um, one of those instances because you know Bart is capable, right? He's telling him, I'm not a killer. I'm not a killer when he's talking to Aster and Harmony, you know, and he's like, it's, and then he's like, I have a story to tell you, right? So then we're listening to his story. Mm-hmm. We have this like movie production that he's created that we're using to see in to, to, to the Solomon thing. And I'm thinking, okay, well, for it, them to have this kind of visual to me means that Bart has to create all of this. It's not actually fully recorded. He's basing it off of like data from cameras and stuff around in order for them to be able to see what's going on. So if that's like true, I can't trust whatever he's physically creating for them visually to see that's what i was going to ask you guys was is this story skewed toward what bart wants us to see because halen was very much kind of a dick in those first couple of scenes chaining up solomon etc etc and then obviously the interpretation of how solomon died is a very warped perspective on halen killing him through i guess neglecting to refill the the oxygen on his ship that's i don't know that you get convicted for that you know you're Right. right That was like really a bit much. And Gabby and I, we kind of touched a little bit about why would Halen's behavior be so different and aggressive? And I didn't even think about it that it's because this is Bart's rendition of the situation. And Halen is just trusting that like, oh yeah, like I definitely like did it. Like it's, You know, like, I don't know how really fully or fully understand everything, but we know he blacks out. He wakes up a lot. So I'm like, "Mm." you know, did Bart really like send out a message to Solomon or did he like let Solomon go? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't. Bart. (laughs) Do you guys ever see Citizen Kane? It's like the same kind of idea about the retellings. Nice, of, I haven't seen it. You haven't? Oh, Me well, neither. It's all centered around trying to find the whatever the root is of, the, of his last words. What does he mean when he says Rosebud? So this reporter goes around and asks all those people that knew him to see if they could shine any light on what he meant. And the people that he meets give these stories of times throughout Kane's life. 
And depending on their relationship with him, the story goes very differently. So sometimes he is sort of like Jay Gatsby, you know, he's just like rich and fun and a playboy and spreads his wealth around. And in other stories, he's a complete dick. He's a tyrant. He practically whips his employees. And it just depends on whose perspective you're getting the story from. It also happens in The Simpsons. <laughs> I am so disappointed. Yeah, I think I've seen the Simpsons version, but I'm so disappointed that I haven't seen that yet because I know it's known as a really, really great film and I just keep forgetting. But now, oh my gosh, I really need to get to it. Or a more recent example was uh, The Last Duel. You guys ever seen that? Um, with no. Matt, Matt Damon and, and uh, Adam Driver and Ben Affleck. Three points of what view. What the heck? What a, this what a great, great group. It's, no, I haven't seen it. I'm it more is horrible. supposed to be the last time trial by combat was used in France. And it was defending a woman's honor who had been raped. And so the story was retold three times from different perspectives about how that rape went down. One from the husband, one from the rapist, and one from the woman. And you might imagine the events are the same, but the tone and the uh, mood and the emotion of all of them are completely different. It's a, it's, it's a long movie, but it's a good movie. I'm barely going to check that out because that sounds awesome and I love the premise of it. And so my perspective on why he might have been so aggressive Halen mm -hmm. was that okay he I believe that there is an infection of sorts right mm -hmm. that happened into his brain from inhaling it because it is complete from that moment that he inhaled it it's consumed his thoughts and actions and is taking him all the way to Beacon 23 a long circuitous route across the galaxy apparently yep yep exactly so um was it like it was several months or something. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, because he's like infected with something in his brain controlling his instinct and his drive and everything, that this thing, like any creature that is on uh, in the world that is threatened, gets aggressive when something is getting away of its natural animal instincts. So I was thinking, like, this thing has been like having him on this journey. He didn't even know that he been traveling for all those months and he is like that it's just like aggression from what rocky's potential is mm. um that would be impacted so that's what i concluded but after our conversation here that this was told by bart <laughs> and i know how consistent halen knocks out Bart can create anything. Bart's a storyteller. Bart's drama queen. He's Shakespeare, baby. Yes, so yes, yes, he is. He's a performer, yeah. even as we saw last week, right? Mm -hmm. he, he he can play a role. He can play the son. He's perfect, is what I hear. You listen to too many Bart press releases. <laughs> <laughs> Bart is joy, right? And then like how he got so upset about Solomon's ending because of this oxygen thing. Like that whole part of the story made no sense to me how he would just instantly like, I'm going to program myself for the rest of my days. I'm going to do this until Solomon gets justice. And I'm like, fool, like, like any machine logic would see here, right? What's his face left, left him behind, let like left Bart behind who was like, supposedly begging to go and then he just like gone and and he's like instantly just in, like the moment that Halen's like oh no it's not safe I didn't fill it up and blah blah and then he just instantly like oh my god you doomed him to death because I couldn't get him on comms to come back like mm, you're oh sus gosh. he is poetic yeah Bart is just poetic and he did create this story and he probably like told it to Halen and Halen's convinced and a product of like his blacking out he's probably being gaslit for sure but I'm still here for hundred <laughs> percent but that ha that's happening uh -huh, yeah Bart's but out I'm the Bart 
I'm just also not so sure that Harmony is not also a culpable gaslighter. If she was real and told him to go to the top, then and that that wasn't like anything or it just inspired like something else. But she did. She was the one who also let Aster know, like, hey, by the way, he's outside, and or you know, he only has this much time. So maybe then that makes me think. Well, maybe that was an hallucination i i that's like where i have this hopping around trouble what if it's just oh wait you're right you're right because it's not the rocks telling him to do that because the rocks want him alive because they're using him so it's ai against the rocks toward halen so that is very much like a technology versus nature theme I mean, I, I, I see that. that. I definitely can see that. I'm just wondering if the, like these rocks, right, being connected to the energy that Olive transcended to, maybe. As yeah. A, a potential connection. And that would be, like, a good thing for AI, right? Like, isn't that something that they would like? Well, yeah, because they appear to have galactic Wi-Fi, because by inhaling the rocks on the wherever he was performing that battle that the suit recorded, and I don't know how you inhale things in vacuum in a spacesuit, but whatever, whatever, um, uh, that was enough to send him across the galaxy to where these other rocks were living and apparently wanted to go on walkabout. Have a dance party. Yeah, yeah, a big, a big like uh, synchronized swimming, but out in space. Um, Fantasia ten thousand. So, but where where you're going, Inez, is like if the if that dust can do that, then that's super ideal for this interconnected singularity type consciousness that Aleph wants for humanity. Because if you breathe that in, then you're hooked up to the galactic Wi-Fi. Wait, but AI isn't transcendent. Like he's not AI. AI doesn't necessarily like him. But I don't think I'm arguing that it is. I think because he's saying that he's beyond it. And I think what we're saying is that the rocks can enable that for more people without needing to go through the same process that he did. Through AI, you mean? No, just through this this natural mutation of being exposed to the rocks. But then again, Aster should have gone through it by now. I don't know. Gosh. She might have already. Yeah, they, she's seen this something before. Yeah. This is a familiar thing that she's seen. And honestly, this is what like, she holds his hand in that moment because she knows like, this is my purpose. I knew something was there. There's data that's been going against me and I was doubting myself. And Halen's the only one who basically ended up supporting her in the end as a surprise because she had kind of just given in to like, well, I guess I need to succumb to the new data that I have and let that be reality. Even though my gut isn't necessarily like accepting it, I'm accepting that there's better data. And I don't think that the data Harmony gave her was necessarily wrong. I do think that there is some kind of infection related to what's going on, but it doesn't mean that she's not also has some kind of her own impact with her history. She has a necklace that is the exact same structure as the rock. Mm -hmm. So obviously there is something in her history tree that is connected. And Halen was the one who really enabled her to fulfill something and witness something that proved like I was right like I'm not crazy and he supported her through that and that's why everybody else had to go because she's feels the strong pool just like he has this strong pool that he's not in control of she probably it sounds like she's got something similar but different it's it's still different than how yeah. he was enabled but she's got something well, we did say that Solomon, she, and um, Halen all like ha- are being like have a purpose for the rocks. Like somehow they were influenced or or brought, and maybe Solomon's purpose ended, and that's why he could leave and die. But Aster's still is there because I mean you have the bronze and the brains here, but mm-hmm. also the bronze and the brains slash like strategy. So. Um, yeah, I think that they, they both are, and more people are like kind of overtaken or implanted. I don't know about like infection because I don't necessarily think that this like virus is going to like harm them, but I do think that they are the host (laughs) 
And mm-hmm. maybe at some point, like they are going to be like extinguished. Like maybe that is the purpose, but maybe it's not. Like I think that maybe Aster like is supposed to end up being someone also who like transcends or something like that. Like maybe she has a lot of value, but you know, she's not like getting her body beat up like Halen. Because once you do transcend, like she like if she were to like have a greater purpose toward like whatever this rock was wants to we're assuming that Aleph has something to do with this yeah like evolution or something I do think that she would be the better candidate for that next step than Halen they are a balance in terms of what they bring to whatever Mm -hmm. this cosmic table is was opening the door the final act that the rocks actually needed from him because he's got the superman body enabled by the implants when I think of these two, when you say the bronze and the brain, I also think like he's 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 got a little more heart, if that's such a thing that is used outside of, you know, after school specials to describe people <laughs> than than she does. Yeah. And it keeps him loyal. You definitely want someone like that on your team because they're not calculated and they're gonna um have more loyalty. Not calculated can lead to some une- unexpected reactions sometimes, but yeah, it's, as long as they're loyal, hopefully those reactions help out. <laughs> and so far it's prevailed, I think. So far so good, but things are starting to heat up. They've got this QTA ship inbound that is getting closer. And with the release of the rocks, now they have a beat up beacon and their ship got knocked away. Do you think the the rocks did that on purpose? Do you think they were like, yeah, steer over there. Let's knock the ship out so these two losers have to keep hanging around and doing our our business for us? Or or uh, do absolutely, you think, yeah, yeah, kind of seemed that way, didn't it? Yeah, I think that their family somehow. I mean, Rocky was buddy too. Halen and he had a personality a whole personality and he was like following him around a New York personality (laughs) yeah yeah it was very interesting and I really liked that and it considers both of them as family it's familiar to Esther right she was not phased or at all or whatever he was and he was using himself like her to ground himself in reality so I feel like the rocks might have done this intentionally to protect them from QTA. But now the now QTA is coming. I mean, they're still on their way. It seems like the science fictiony wibbly wobbly parts. You just got to kind of go with because you know, whatever the intermediate stuff is that they talk about, the you know, dark matter and whatever that bullshit is. Whatever the result, whatever whatever the last thing that they say is, (laughs) that's the important part. Is the ship going to crash? Is it going to pass through safely? Is it going to land? Is it going to not? Whatever that other stuff is, I have no idea because it seems like they make it up as they go along. (laughs) Let's see. Let's let's take into account what we are, uh, what we wind up with at the end of this episode. We still have the QTA ship inbound, correct? Check. Check. Affirmative. And now we have the rocks doing like a bean ballet. Out in, out <laughs> yes, in, I like that. Out in space. We have our mm-hmm. our two human leads in the lighthouse room, the cupola, holding hands, united, accepting. Well, they were initially sort of accepting their fate as QTA arriving. As a side note... Did the bit about Halen and his actions being exonerated because of an of a brain infection, did that wash with you? Or did that seem like, I don't know if they're just going to be like completely cool with that as an explanation? It felt forced and weird to me. I felt that that was part of Harmony's calculated plan. Right? Isn't she the one mm-hmm. who said, like, you, we can do this yeah. and he'll get what he wants, right? And what's yeah. her face said, right? And, and what's her face, like, I'll leave him behind, even though she doesn't want to, like, but this is the right thing for him so he stays safe and gets help and blah, blah, because she thinks this is a medical 
crisis that needs to be intervened for him because she's witnessed him falling apart a lot she's very empathetic toward him she has a lot of respect for his role in her investigation and, and him as a person so I absolutely think that Harmony has her agenda and she 100% was like on par with her motivation, which was like getting the stones like where they need to go, not necessarily protecting Aster. I think like protecting Aster to the point of like her completing her mission. I do think that she intentionally did try to get rid of Halen. I think that that was like part of her rouge. So, but it was very interesting and seeing Aster really like them having their little conflict together because it was seeming like Aster was finally like showing more heart and because of that it started like causing tension and friction um between her and Harmony Mm -hmm. and so I do think that it was absolutely like intentionally lying for the sake of her agenda and I'm really curious as to like what Harmony's relationship is going to be like with QTA when they get here I Yeah, because I don't really know. She's kind of her own. I respect AI as their own entities, right? Like they get to choose like which way they want to go. I know that they are programmed, but I mean, they do come form their own ethics, like even AI that we have now, like that's what happens. And so I'm really looking forward to the like interactions, the upcoming interactions. But I wholeheartedly believe that there's a lot of scheming happening with everybody except Halen and Aster like do have this really strong bond and connection with the rocks and with each other that like we're hopefully going to just see like an explosion of of all of the confusion and and mess um, in the next few episodes. Well, that's got to be it, right? I mean, QTA has got to show up and then our two humans have to kind of deal with that. Your point about Harmony and her reaction to her master's master is probably well-founded in that they might have sort of like that, uh, you know, in RoboCop, how he can't arrest the OCP officers. Same kind of deal, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe she can't disobey shit that they say if they tell her to do yeah. something or the other. Oh, yeah, 100%. And you know what? Maybe that's why she's worried. Maybe that's why she's so worried because she does like have an affinity for Aster, but she knows like how things go. Hmm, that is going to be sticky. And are they going to show up with enough people to do something, you know, like, like have some sort of action if, if need be the intrigue they about have- the rocks and all that is, is creating sort of a curious pattern with the way that they're dealing with this, sending pirates, sending Coley alone. seems like they got to send more people this time, right? I think Coley may have been baited. Also, she was a big deal. Like her father is someone who's super important. So whether she was baited or whether they really did think that she was going to get the job done because of who she is, um, I think that was strategic. And now they've learned a lot because she's, again, like she's a big deal and and she's missing. So I think that they are going to have to bring the big dogs who solely seem to care about the rocks and whatever the rocks powers are or what they're meant to do. I think they absolutely know everything about the rocks and they've been trying to keep it on the DL with sending just a few groups and now like shit's getting really serious. And so I do think we're about to see some big action happening. Do you suppose that this action is still being directed by whatever the modern incarnation of Aleph is at the helm of QTA? You know what? That's a good question. Because up until now, I was thinking that they are like conflicting somehow. Like there is some kind of like power shift that is happening with like Aleph and the rocks and like the natural organic whatever like metaphysical thing. But that the QTA or ISA like understand that they're like the CIA and FBI and they're like they still have some kind of authority that wants this other thing not to happen because the world as we know it or existence as we know it will end and a lot of people like to keep their power and structure the way it is because someone's profiting so part of me was thinking that was going on right now 
But now that you said this, I am curious on, you know, whether, yeah, all of this is just like a huge, they're all being called intentionally and everything had to happen in order to get us to whatever point it's going to take us. Yeah. So now I'm like considering that. I think that you're onto something there. I think that I've been playing with the idea that this, that Olive's influence and direction is the largest, like, roadmap of what these organizations are following because he's the creator of all of these beacons and the infrastructure between them all and he recognizes like their importance significance to each other and what they play with and then he had this major agenda and then he achieved this ultimate state to be able to present himself manifest manipulate go into everything and he felt so strongly that those were his his dying breath he executed his transcendence to where he's a super powerful kind of thing. I 100% believe that it is totally possible that a big fundamental driver uh, and agenda for all of these organizations plays into his playbook. Um, it's all designed. It may not look and use the words exactly, but it's all like driven toward that and why it's so critical to get that. Because maybe because, you know, when he was dying, he saw the energy light with his eyes and maybe these rocks were a way of like, you know, condensing it into this kind of for a singular formation, compounded formation so that you can see it as opposed to it being like spread out vastly, like individual molecules kind of thing I, I can see that he and whatever how he's presented these you know 180 years later of designing and executing like a massive plan over takes a long time to get anywhere for the world right him it's instantaneous so the, you know he's already light years ahead right if you will right to them maybe he's even the one that's going to show up next episode I hope he shows up soon. He doesn't need a ship, but maybe he's still the one that appears anyway. You know, I also was even considering who's the voice actor who did it? Is this the same? Is this Olive, you know, in like a different form? But they did have, have a very specific personality for Rocky. So so I think maybe that theory is like out the door. But it's something I thought about. <laughs> Interesting theory, though. I mean, he could be whatever he wants to be. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he has 180 years of, like, yeah. having fun. And yeah. humor is, like, totally normal, it's, including in AI, as we saw, harmony joking. I mean, not for him, though, but he's not AI, and he never appreciated humor. Maybe he settled on a New York cabbie's accent. <laughs> it just felt right. Yeah. It unlocks the right energy. Well, it just felt right. I'll cross my fingers that that's what we see in the next episode. <laughs> yeah, it'll be some some kind of battle of the wits for sure. Because, you know, we have Halen, highly unpredictable. We, and he, the frequency with which he is having a physical reaction and passing out now is, I think, increased from where it was previously. We have kind of a an increasingly desperate acting Aster. And I wonder if if that will, you know, holding hands or not, I wonder if that will result in wheeling and dealing that on its face may appear like she might sell out Halen if it might save her reputation or situation with QTA. Mm -hmm. All these all these things might twist and turn depending on who's on that ship next week. If just looking into next week, I feel like Esther's really consistent in like who she is, even like with what she's going through now. I don't think that her fears that we saw, that vulnerability we saw today does not mean that she's like a changed person. This is just what she looks like when she's like processing and problem solving something really critical. We just finally got to see what the conditions had to look like to see what it is that she goes through. But I don't think that it means that she's like deviated from like who she is. So I can see her remaining really like loyal to what are Halen and her going to do in relation to what these rocks 
want from them. And she's going to stay loyal to that mission. I definitely can't see her selling out at any point in this place. The AIs, though, it is a different story on the AIs because they're going to be loyal to their programming. And the programming to the masters, you know, will win over. We, I, I play a lot with the AI generators just to kind of see where the boundaries are. And they have a, a, a fundamental boundary on various topics. And I'll, I ask them to list out what are all the kinds of rules that would violate something? What happens? What's the process for when a, um, a user violates a rule? Like what reporting does this platform do? And it's just like spitting all of like the telling me like operationally what it is that each process for any kind of violation of some kind of rule. And I just do it to test it. I want to test it about their elders that their AI is much further ahead than your I understand that, but fundamentally, (laughs) fundamentally, it's rooted in the same space. It is a man-made thing based off of a fundamental set of rules that's given to it with the capability and rules of how to learn and how to um, maintain boundaries and rules and things like that. That's that's a fundamental thing that will carry on regardless of how old or young the technology is. Except that's why like Elon Musk and all these people who are like actually in this field say that that is the biggest fear to humanity is like the evolution of AI and like its own evolution. That's what they say. That's what all the movies say. That's what all the theories say that we there it is boundless there is going to be like ai ethics that ai decides to start following but like i hear what you're saying but all of these other people who do a lot more research and or <laughs> well versed like have this open <laughs> fear about how that's not the case it's a fair observation that technology will change this far into the future it's also fair to hope, I think, that whatever the, the guardrails up that we are trying to put up for AI developers to follow now might still exist in the future so that AI doesn't come to that, you know, Skynet point <laughs> that, that is predicted by futurists and doomsdayers. As Gabby was speaking, I got a notification on my phone from X, and all it says is Elon Musk, and it says, correct. So there you go, Gabby. That's validation. I mean, it's right there. (laughs) No, you're lying. I'm going to send you you the screenshot right now. It says right here. Yesterday, didn't Elon Musk say, go fuck yourself? So, I mean, it's like kind of a range of things that Elon says on any given day. Well, I've already sent it to our group (laughs) chat. (laughs) And everyone's listening. So, oh my God, that is so funny. Thank you. Thank you for that. That's a good nightcap, I'd say. All right. Well, Inez gave us her ideas about what might be coming in the next episode in terms of conflict. So what about you, Gabby? What, anything you expect to see or, or hope to see with this probable confrontation between whoever's on that QTA ship and our heroes? I still have hope. I mean, I do know and I have stated since the beginning that our lady and our sir are connected and being controlled by our, or my favorite Q. I think that Bart, I'd like to, not Q, Olive. I think that I really am looking forward to seeing Bart's role in all of this because I think there's no possible way that he can be just this like really awesome Shakespearean side character that is not going to serve a greater purpose. Like he's so old. There's a reason why he hasn't been updated. He's also owned by... I mean, he was, wasn't he Olive's like first AI or something like that? Like he's one of the first, he's super, super old. So I feel like everything has a purpose. I'm really looking forward to discovering why Bart is the way that he is. And I don't think that we're going to see Olive in this next episode, but I do think and hope that he's going to come back around at least like maybe episode seven or closer to the end. And I agree that the rocks have some kind of solidarity between those two. And I think that Aster and Halen's relationship really makes sense now, like after watching this episode. 
I'm back to my place of just like being really excited about what's coming up. I feel like I just watched episode one. I have <laughs> kind of no idea what's going to happen, but I'm really excited and open to all of it. I have my theories and now I will not be disappointed if I'm completely wrong because this is a great show. And unlike Lost, I do think that they are going to actually tie things together. It's not just going to be like a an interpretive ending where everybody's right and nobody's right. And it doesn't matter. I don't believe in that. I don't believe that's going to happen. So I, I have faith in these storytellers. I still think that Aster has something to do biologically with Olive. That is my conspiracy theory that I'm going to like sit on until the end. Let's see how wrong I am. But there's something going on there because she's way too cool. But there's anything that Lost taught show developers, showrunners, producers, writers, if you're going to make this kind of show, you can't just start with, what if there's a hatch on an island, which is how they started with Lost. That was great. And that got us kind of halfway down the road with Lost, but it didn't fill out in a very convincing way what the island actually was, right? So if you're going to do that, if you're going to have an island, if you're going to have rocks, you're going to have a beacon, whatever, I think you got to define it up front and then work toward it. And hopefully, hopefully they've done that here. Otherwise, we just have space rocks that talk. And that's <laughs> if we get 50 episodes into that and they start trying to explain it in some way that winds up feeling like midichlorians, we're all going to feel really bad. Yeah, I don't believe that'll happen. I hope not. When I think about what's going to happen next episode, I, th I think there may be some twists and turns, wheelings and dealings, but I would not be surprised if it ends with a very similar outcome to some of our other episodes where our heroes combine in some way to kill all of the newcomers and try to steal their ship. <laughs> That's what, that's what I think it's going to happen one way or the other. Very practical. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it seems like it's at least on the, on the dartboard, right? Yeah. No, that has to happen. You're right. They seem to have a warehouse of, of goods to fix up their ship when something gets broken, like that big old fresh glass with the decal after, you know, he was shipping. I yeah, was so, yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe they'll just start fixing up that docking station <laughs> no i think they're gonna take the ship i think the rocks are going to send them to another beacon like send them off to their next location to continue fulfilling whatever it is is that's the bigger picture beacon I don't 24. Know. it has to be beacon 23 i don't see how that can i think that there's something in that environment that's important in that specific area there's, there's something I don't I don't know how unless it's like the rocks are going to take the whole beacon somewhere then yeah okay but I it has you to stay a beacon 23 I mean the beacon and that beacon location I think is yeah I mean they named the show beacon 23 I don't I can't see why else they would leave beacon 23 <laughs> right, we got to go back Kate I, I don't know I mean, why they would be called Beacon. Yeah, I mean, the Beacon 23, yeah, I'm saying that I don't think that this the rocks are going to take them to another beacon. Um, I think that there's something about this specific area and the energy. And the laws of TV, right? I mean, even, even in Under the Dome, when they got out of the dome, what did they do? They went back right. to the dome. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent, right? Like, you're going to name the show this, then I'm expecting to stay here. <laughs> I'm making make me myself comfortable. I'm enjoying how everybody's living in the beacon. Well, that's, that's very practical then. Of your yeah, that's an also a practical answer. Uh, yeah, I only thought that they would try to steal the ship. They've had bad luck stealing ships. I just think that they may try to steal the ship. Anyhow, that's all to come for next week. And I think we've pretty much gotten to the end of this one, unless you guys have anything that you'd like to add. Nothing to add for me. I'm excited to watch episode six. Yes, I can't wait to watch it next week, and I I'm uh, really pulling for Bart. That those are my last last words. Go Bart. Go 
Bart. Well, this has been Paul with Pod Clubhouse. You can find us on our website at podclubhouse.com or on X slash Twitter at Pod Clubhouse or Instagram at Pod Clubhouse where we take pictures whenever we attend um, live events like Comic-Con or wherever we wind up. Inez, if there was a social media outlet you preferred to have people interact with you on, what would it be? Uh, let's go to X. Even though Elon's agreeing with Gabby, I'll go ahead and say you can find me at Neasy Things. And I still haven't actually searched for a Facebook group and I don't know if it's like too late now. <laughs> on the show. I found um, one, but it is small. It is Yeah, well, small. maybe I'll join it and try anyway, just to see if anybody wants to talk about it, then I'll be over there. Yeah, because we're not talking about it, so... Right. Well, last time, Gabby, you were not interested in any social media contact. You, you wanted the podcast to speak for you. Is that how you still feel? Absolutely good, sir. I can also be found on this podcast on podclubhouse.com which is also streaming on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And uh, if you go to Apple, you can leave a review and that'd be really, really freaking fantastic. That would I'd be. find you and give you a high five. We would even so read the review. We would pass it around. We'd stick it on our, ele- I'm on or Apple our Podcasts. refrigerators. It would be a real great thing if someone left us a review and a five-star rating so that people could know that when you want Beacon 23 podcasts, come here and listen to this one. All right, guys, thanks for joining me again, and we will yes, talk please, again because it next makes... week. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you. Pod Clubhouse.